Hello, it is Friday, and that means bring it in with me, Gerard Hector and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And ready to talk about that. <laughs> Very unique game we saw last night. That is not a common game. No, we, we sure did. And folks, you know, it's been a while since Coach Thorpe and I have been on here with you guys. Um, but I said last week, we'd be right here in time for the finals, and game one just happened, and we're going to break it all down. Coach, it was so exciting. There are a million things to talk about in the game, but I kind of want to start with sort of the, you know, like the Bob Costasy essay type way to start our discussion. Then we'll get into the nitty gritty. It was it was Dick Enberg, and then it was Bob, <laughs> Bob Costas. Yes, right? Dick Enberg was, was my favorite thing. Any, I'd watch any finals just to hear his no, soliloquy Dick, before the game. Dick yeah. Enberg was was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it would have been easy, Coach, to see Golden State go on that third quarter run as they often do, and not only you think the game is over, but for the Celtics to, and I don't ever want to say athletes quit, but to drop the rope and be like, man. We just got out of two tough seven game series. Like this is just the onslaught. We haven't adjusted yet to the Warriors' speed. But if you said that, and if you did that, you would be denying who the Boston Celtics have been since January sixth, there are about, and who they've especially shown themselves to be in these playoffs. There's just no quitting them. Yeah. Uh, first play, fourth quarter, Clay Thompson comes off. I think maybe a, either a single or, or a staggered screen and misses a three pretty badly. But that would have been huge. Uh, I, I, think, I think it's easy for media people. And because I sit in the media, but also am a coach for players, um, I, I think it's easy for media people to think what you just said is more commonplace than it really is. These guys are competitive fucking guys. And I don't just mean NBA. Players are competitive. They, they, you have to be to want to put the work in that's required to be even decent. Forget about the NBA at any level, really, even in high school. And um, I think that Boston was thinking one possession at a time. Like, let's just try to win possessions. And then they went for the kill shot. Like, when, when things started turning around, uh, you could just see the swagger of those Celtics. And, and that is born of being maybe the best team in the league since January and winning game six in Milwaukee mm-hmm. and then winning game seven in Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that – now they've done game one in the finals on the road mm-hmm. after being down double figures. That just adds to their belief. And I, I happen to think, along with Andy Dufresne, hope is the best of things. Like, you can really hope when you know you've done it so many times before. And, uh, and we had it last night. Just a perfect example of that. Yeah. And Jason Tatum said that after the game. When they went, were in the huddle to start the fourth quarter, he said, Knowing that we've been in this situation before, down, and have come back, we knew we could do it. We know that team across the way, being Golden State, is very good, but yeah. we have plenty of time to stick to our principles and do what we do. And I want to kind of start with the Tatum, with Jason Tatum of it, because obviously everybody knows that the bad shooting night, 3 of 17, all that. The mark of an excellent player coach, and you know that we've talked about it, is when the shot isn't falling, well, what are you doing? Are you still impacting the game or are you just kind of out there doing your thing? And what I loved about Tatum was he didn't quit on the defensive end. He passed the ball, but he was making an impact, coach, and you felt him being out there. And it's easy for an apex predator wing like Tatum to, when the team's making a comeback, to force yourself back into the game, right? And just try to jack up shots because that's because you're very good at that. And that's what the, you, when we're in a moment of stress, we revert back to what is comfortable for us. Scoring one-on-one or one-on-whatever is very comfortable for Jason Tatum, but he didn't force the issue at all. And Ime Udoka's talked all season about breaking him out of those habits. It's like, yeah, we know you can do all that, but it's so much better if we engage everybody. And, and we saw that in the game. Yeah, you know, I had a player a couple years back. He, he, he was a little bit older than Jason Tatum. And um, he had made a bunch of money overseas. He had kind of been in the NBA a little bit. And so he went to the G League. Uh, again, he had been in the G League when he was younger. And just because he thought I might get a call up, which, which he ended up getting. But while he was there, uh, he, he was the kind of guy that if he, this is what his wife told me too, when he started missing some shots, he was just baked. And one of the things I really try to work with them on is what you were just talking about is just, you got to find ways to impact games, shots come and go. And twice in his G league season where he was ended up being first team all league. Um, and I thought he was the MVP of the league. Uh, he shot terribly and had 19 rebounds in each game. And he had said to me after the first one, even before the second one, 
Like that would never have happened in the past. And so I bring that up for a reason. Th that was my job. I helped him. Well, Ime's doing his job. So he has, he has uh, found a way to get through to j all of his team, I think. Mm -hmm. And repeatedly, in many different ways, that there's just, you're, you're not defined by any one skill or box score stat. Uh, we're, you're defined by how we do as a team. And I believe Tatum had 13 assists, two turnovers. Mm -hmm. Correct. Uh, there were moments in the game where I thought he disappeared. I watched it again today. But it was great because he wasn't forcing anything. Jalen Brown was cooking everybody. Mm -hmm. Derek White was doing great. Mm -hmm. Like Tatum didn't make himself be a great player. And I want to point this out to you too, Gerard. Uh, we wrote this. We published this whenever we published, I think on maybe Wednesday, that uh, the Warriors have to come up with something better than the Luka rules mm -hmm. because this team is, has got better drivers than mm -hmm. Dallas but, and really better players after Luka and Tatum. And uh, I thought that Boston, because of their different weapons that they have and the swagger they've developed, and you wrote this in the document, Derek White's shot has been coming around now. For he was mm -hmm. bad for a long time, mm -hmm. but that dude guards and defends mm -hmm. and hustles and mm -hmm. plays the right way. I really love his game, as you know. And um, and then we've we've had a Grant Williams game, and and we've had two Horphy games, two Horford mm -hmm. games, including last night. Jalen Brown, I thought, was the MVP of the game when the mm -hmm. team needed him most. And so your job, Jason Tatum, is to make the right basketball play. And you don't don't attach emotion to your makes and misses. Mm -hmm. You made the right play. You, you took the shots you're supposed to take. For the most part, he did. And trust us, we've got to mm -hmm. defend collectively. And we get out and run, which they did. I mean, heck, they had Peyton Pritchard on the floor in the fourth quarter. Yes. He stretches yes. six minutes of it. Yeah. And, uh, that, and, and yet, and the Warriors had, Iguodala was awful. Porter was toast on defense. I really mm -hmm. watched that in fourth quarter today. Toast. Jordan Poole toast. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're going to get into the details, I'm sure. But I'm telling you right now, we wrote that Boston's depth mm -hmm. and number of defenders, the mm -hmm. only non-defender is Peyton Pritchard, who did fine yesterday. Right. It helps to have four good guys around him. Golden State doesn't have that luxury. So yes. lots of variables going forward, but that's a big one. No, I, I, and I love that you went to the Pritchard of it all. Look, I... We've talked about this in the past, you know, the the idea, and I'm not one of those like, oh my God, the young, the little white guy scrappy and it's not like Boston. Forget all that crap. Right, right. Ime is empowered everybody on the team, right? Everyone right. believes. And like you said, hope, it, belief is so important. Like at yeah. that state, like, yes, even at the NBA level, what's our favorite story, coach, about Memorial Day Massacre? Freaking Kareem is 37 years old, yes. has to ride the bus with his dad. You're 37. Who needs their daddy at 37? Everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. just need to feel, no, no, you got this, son. No worries. We're all good. And yeah. you come out, you have a monster game, right? And when you when you have all your teammates believing, anybody knows they can step up and do whatever. Peyton Pritchard played, I want to say, six or seven minutes net fourth. You were the defensive player of the year on the bench. And the luxury of, oh, we're doing well now. Now I'm going to come in with Marcus Smart to close, who's been resting and feels pretty good now. I mean, you only do Great that. point. That, no, you know, Gerard, that's a great point. I didn't even add it up that way, but you were right. I was wondering, when are you bringing Marcus back? Mm -hmm. And uh, again, last night live, and then again watching on tape this morning, and I think you're exactly right. Marcus was able to chill. And that is not something that the, uh, the Warriors could do with their point guard. In fact, no. as I look at the draft, they, they need to draft another lead guard. Yeah. They, they, Jordan Poole needs some help when Curry's on the bench, and, or if Draymond's not doing great. They need more pick and roll kind of players, at least one more. And that uh, belief in the team, coach, that's that's Royal Jelly. That's what you preach, right? You're not going to all of a sudden dust somebody off in the finals if you haven't given them the confidence all season that, no, we, we know you can do this and we're putting you in for a reason, right? And Hey, hey Gerard, did you read yet? Uh, I know you will if you haven't, but uh, uh, who wrote the book on uh, on the Knicks just now? I just went Oh, uh, Chris Herring. Yeah, Chris Herring. Yeah, I have not finished it yet, though. No. Okay, it's so good. And I'm not an Knicks fan. I could care less for the Knicks. They could fold the franchise. I wouldn't care. Um, whatever. I don't, they're just a team. They're just 30, 30 teams or one of them. I like the city a lot, that's for sure. But there's this great story. You may have heard about this where um, Rolando Blackman was 
pushing back on Riley when he said no wives on road trips mm-hmm. in the finals. I think it was against Houston. And he spoke up. And Raleigh was pissed and didn't play him. And he had been a, um, a Rockets killer, apparently. I didn't know this. And I was reading about it. And Pat Raleigh wrote him a lot of letters over the years. Mm-hmm. And Blackman's never responded. Like, he still <laughs> he thinks he cost them a championship. Mm. And, and so his point was, Rolando's point was, they've been with us all year, our wives. But I think there's a lot to do with what you're saying. Which is whatever th- th- this is, you don't you don't sign up for this when you start playing basketball. You dream about it, but you don't really know what you're dreaming about. I know I've talked to some world champions about this, <laughs> including one this week, as I've told you about it off there. Um, you can't even you can't even imagine. Like there's no way you can imagine what it's like to be in that fishbowl. On um, it's, it's the same court, more or less, you played on since you were ten. Only there's a X number of hundreds of millions of people watching or watching on tape or whatever on video, YouTube. And so anything that can help you feel at home, even if you're at home, anything help you feel that way, whether it's Kareem's dad on the bus mm-hmm. for me, I mean, when I, when my wife was with me, it's just, my life is, is settled. It's just, she's my partner. And whether it's your teammates, which is certainly a big part of it, the more you get, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, to Ime has done just a fabulous job of these guys just trusting and believing in each other. And let's go back to the first quarter where, where it was almost like they said, let's not prepare for the Warriors in quarter one. Mm-hmm. Let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. That is not what happened. But that's how it played out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've never seen Steph Curry more open. Wide open. And, I, and a bunch of times. And no one going out of him thinking the other guy's going to go. It's almost like. If you ever seen uh, in baseball, you hit a pop fly between two fielders, and no one's like, "Wait, you each, can... <laughs> yeah, each is afraid the other is going to go." It's like the Spider Man <laughs> point to each other. You go, no, you go, no, you go. That's what it looked like. But it's Steph Curry. I'd rather have two guys go than zero, and and they were pointing to each other mm-hmm. and they were talking about it. But in my mind, it was that's a game seven hangover. I don't care. It's been three days. They they've just. They were not mentally ready. But to their credit, EMA deserves big credit, big credit too. They found it. They mm-hmm. found that rhythm. They, they obviously played much more aware defense on Steph. He was great in the fourth quarter. He was it, though. That was the only guy that did it. And he had to work for his buckets. But there is something going on there. Now, let's see what happens in game two. Yes. Because I, I, I don't know that Golden State has to win game two. I mean, I think they do need to have to win game two. But that doesn't mean they're going to win game two is what right. I mean. Right. Boston could sweep them. Like they're, they're, I think they're the better team. And I always pick the better team to win every single game. Let's just see what happens with Boston recovering from a, a better mm-hmm. punch. Because it was a good punch, but not, not a knockout punch. It is interesting you bring up Curry because we talked about how they run those high uh, ball screens and screen rolls for him. And he was, I mean, no one went to him, right? And Robert Williams may have thought he was playing playing high, but like, no, at the three-point line is not high for Steph Curry, right? Because he's got range. And Marcus Smart, I don't know, because you probably watched the game with the sound down. He was wired for sound for, for the game. Oh, I, oh, I listened to it. Yeah. Okay. And he said to I them, like Mark Jones. He's like, this isn't the Miami series. Yeah, you got yeah. to play up, up. That's not up. This is up. <laughs> like. Yeah. And you saw. I've given that speech before. <laughs> I've given that speech before, not against Steph Curry. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you, but same idea. And to withstand seven Curry threes in the first quarter. By the way, he didn't make any more threes the rest of the game. It, I thought it was six. Six? Okay, so he made one more the rest of the game. Six threes in the first quarter, 21 yeah. points. Yeah. And to only yeah. be down six after one, I think Boston was like, oh, wait, wow, we, we took a haymaker and we did not, we didn't get knocked down. We're still standing. We're okay. And you saw, I mean, as great as Curry was, he scored 13 points the rest of the game, right? Like, I mean, Boston really did a good job. So, Gerard, I don't – I'm just speaking my truth. I don't think players think like we do sometimes Mm. watching – and I I had a bunch of uh, coaches that I mentored text to me like, wow, Celtics should be thrilled. They're already down six. And I'm thinking, well, not if Steph Curry keeps making threes. Like, they're not going to be thrilled. (laughs) You don't think that way as a player. You're just balling. You you have to be specific. Uh, To me – as a coach, if I'm Steve Kerr and Ime, I'm thinking, well, uh, we're not, if I'm Steve Kerr, we're not guarding them well either. Like Boston's offense looked pretty nice mm-hmm. and they, they were capable of not looking good on offense. So to me, I thought, okay, uh, we'll have to get through the third quarter and see what happens here because Golden State tends to play great third quarter. They did, they did again. 
And uh, those first few minutes of the fourth quarter, they just couldn't put them away. Mm-hmm. And things were getting harder, except for Steph Curry's brilliance in the fourth quarter. There wasn't much going on. Uh, and we've talked about all postseason, we've talked about big men. Mm-hmm. All postseason. Robert Williams was a factor last yep. night. Al Horford was a, fa- a big factor last night. But Robert was on defense. Mm-hmm. There was a couple plays. There was one play in particular late. And I thought he blocked Curry's reverse. The, Mark Jones said he missed the shot. They never went back to it. On, on video this morning, it looked like he blocked it. Uh, he's around. Mm-hmm. They're, both teams are shooting a lot of threes. And, but the Warriors are shooting over taller Celtics players mm-hmm. than vice versa. And I think that matters. It doesn't mean Celtics will shoot like this again. They probably won't. Maybe one other game. And they're probably going to win when they shoot like this because it's unlikely for you to really score as well with, against their defense. That, that Gary Payton will help when he comes back. I, I think he'll make a difference. Mm-hmm, and he might, sure. he might be able to cause Jalen Brown's trouble. Yeah. Jalen Brown is bigger, but he uses his athleticism to get to great spots and then his size. And I think Payton will make it tough for him to use his athleticism to get to good spots. If he does get him, he'll shoot over him, but I think it'll be harder to get there. So that's a factor. And then we have to see how Robert Williams recovers again. Mm-hmm. They play, uh, they only have an extra night. That's it. They play Sunday mm-hmm. and then Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Tuesday, Thursday, is that right? Uh, yes, I believe so. No, they, I think there's yeah, only yeah. one night in between. So the, the two games in Boston is only one game in between, but every yeah. other every other game there's two or three games, days in between. Yeah, so uh, let's see. That I don't think the series is over. I picked Boston no. to win. I still pick Boston to win, but uh, I I think Golden State's thinking they're not going to shoot like Steve Kerr even said this during that run. He's like, you know, they're making shots right now. Let's survive it, whatever. And he's right, but. Golden State's got to shoot well, too. So it's interesting. They will. it's interesting you say that. So Draymond, after the game, this is a quote from him. They hit 21 threes, and Marcus Martin, Al Horford, and Derek White combined for 15 of them. 15 for 23 from those guys? Eh, you know, so we'll be fine. And it's clear that the strategy, I would imagine, is we will live with those guys hitting at a high because we don't think math-wise that's going to continue. Um, you know, and... It didn't work out this game, but the, the reality is you look at percentages, right? And you're like, well, Derek White isn't a career, whatever he shot last night. That's just, it's unsustainable. And that is right. But the difference is, I don't think you want to give them wide open threes, right? Like White kit a couple contested threes in the fourth. Al's were wide open and Marcus Smarts was wide open. That's because of the collapsing defense. They don't, I don't know you want to give them practice threes because these are NBA players after all. And most guys can hit wide open threes in the league. I think that one of the reasons why Golden State's been successful on defense for as many years as they've been, even without any real rim protection, even Bogut wasn't a great rim protector at that point in his career. I think it's because offensive players, are, their brains are scrambled because of what they're having to do defensively. Like we know that when you are the alpha defender, it's going to have an impact on your offense in some games. You're just so, it's why many great scorers like the Hardens of the world haven't played great defense. Kobe, uh, uh, it's hard because it's taken so much of your bandwidth, let's say, right? Your energy. And I think Boston, da- Dallas absolutely had open looks all over the place and mostly shot terribly. Uh, but that was Golden State's strategy. Luca's not going to beat us by himself. And um, I thought last night, they employed similar strategies to Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely made it tougher on him. He also made it tougher on himself. But that was part of what they were doing, Gerard. And I think the Celtics, after the first quarter, just weren't scrambled anymore. And it settled them. I think they were playing offensively in the first quarter just fine. Mm-hmm. It just kind of settled. They, just, they never looked pressed. And Golden State needs to come up with a better plan to, to get them to play with some, some panic you know, some, you know, scramble them a little bit. Ime mm-hmm. said earlier this season when he asked what the key was to the Celtics defense, and Ime's pretty great at, at being very honest about what they're going to do. He'll call guys out on his team or the other mm-hmm. team, but he ain't just giving up his strategy for nothing. And he said, um, very simply put, but accurately, we're trying to disrupt what the other team is trying to do, which is really what defense is all about. Uh, if, I, if you ever want me to give you a five-minute speech on <laughs> what we're trying to do defensively, it's, it's basically that. And um, I thought that they did a better job disrupting Golden State, whereas I thought Golden State didn't, didn't disrupt Boston's offense at all. Mm-hmm. Because, going back to your point, uh, Jason is such a willing passer now. He's mm-hmm. just we've, – we've written about this twice this year. Once in the regular season, once in the postseason, 
where he's just got to get off the ball early and, and make the right reads, and he's doing that. And, and let's also talk about this. There was a period of time where Boston was, was hedging hard or even doubling Curry on ball screens. Mm-hmm. This is in the fourth quarter. That he would hit Draymond on the short roll, and they just carved it up. Mm-hmm. And he got out of it. Mm-hmm. He got out of it and went right back to his place. He's switching. Mm-hmm. And, but and pre-switched some. Robert yeah, Warf- mm-hmm. yeah they did a good job. They stayed, mm-hmm. they stayed up. They jumped up, and they switched up. They pressured they're capable of doing that. And uh, and remember, and, and Boston hasn't played, I thought, a full game. No one ever plays four great quarters. But you tend to see two or three. Uh, we probably saw two last night. Mm-hmm. I think Boston's got another level. And Golden State probably does too, to at least better than last night. That's why I still think there's a lot to be done here. Yeah. But uh, I, nothing surprised me other than how Boston had energy after they were down big in the third. I thought they would be a little mentally fatigued. Not physically as much as mentally Making a bunch of threes really perks oh, you up. W- without question. And in that, in that fourth quarter, Coach, um, the Cuisinart wasn't Cuisinarting, right? And there's a you got to give Boston some credit for that, for stopping them from Cuisinart. And when – and this is what we – you know, this is the Jalen Brown effect of it all for Boston, and this is why players like Kevin Durant, et cetera, value guys who can create their own shot. Because when – the other stuff is mucked up or isn't working. All right, I got to get somebody I can give the ball to who can break his man down one-on-one and either create for himself or create for others. The Warriors only have one and a half guys that do that. And I say half because Draymond really creates for others, not really himself. Right. Um, and this is where you – look, Andrew Wiggins could do that, but he looked very scared to me in that fourth quarter. Didn't want to shoot the ball, like was getting off it quick. Poole was showing flashes of that early – but this is the NBA Finals, and he was, I mean, you, you saw some nerves from him in, in, in that for sure. You know, and so if it gets into those situations where you can't Cuisinart, it, it, is this put the Warriors in serious trouble in these, in these late-game situations? Yeah, this is where I think size matters. There was a, there was a play in the game draw when the game was still very much in doubt because the last almost three minutes it wasn't. Um, Warriors might have been up two or three even, but the momentum had flipped drastically. And uh, Draymond had the ball right wing. They set a couple screens weak side. And, uh, oh, shoot. I think it was was Looney cutting to the rim. Derek White was behind him. And he had a layup or would have got fouled at the rim. It could have been an and one. And Horford's guarding Green. And Green just threw the pass to Looney. We've done it many times before. And Horford Mm -hmm. blocked it, deflected it. And then the Warriors, the Celtics went down and scored. And uh, that's just good on-ball defense. It's simple as that. And having tall guys and long guys and defensive-minded guys makes a difference. So that's part of the disruption. Uh, they got some easy shots early. They kind of locked those things away late, which is what Boston typically does. Mm-hmm. And, um, but remember, a very flawed Heat team without uh, Tyler Hero took them to seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I add this. I... Uh, Giannis killed, I don't care what anyone says, Giannis had incredible numbers. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so did Jimmy Butler in, in I think, four or five mm-hmm. to seven games. Mm-hmm. The big wing predators, it, that's where Andrew Wiggins has to show. Because I don't think Clay can do it anymore on either end. Not the level they need. Wiggins has to just, uh, he had a good first quarter, played okay in the first half. I thought he kind of died, and they really need him to engage fully. Or that's when I think that's when they will be in the most trouble. Steph's going to be fine in most games. They uh, they they need that alpha athletic wing score mm-hmm. because the Celtics have so much size against the other guys. Yeah, and you say it all the time: scoring over length is probably the hardest thing to do in this league, right? And when you've got to consistently do that, like it just makes things that much more difficult. You know, Ime said something interesting. Uh, I think it was pregame uh, yesterday. You know, he talked about why his team is playing so well. And he's like, we want to move away from the idea of we're just Jason and we're just Jalen. Right. And we, we played the postseason this year. We knew a lot of those teams we played Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Jimmy, they were, they were kind of one, one guy focus. If you shut that one guy down or make it difficult, the rest of those guys really aren't able to carry and, and lift the load. He's like, for us, we want to have all five guys engaged. We tell Jason, Jason all the time. We know you're great and you're our leader, but if you don't got it, move it along. Your guys will pick you up. And again, it's this idea of, and it's what the Warriors do well, well right, with the Cuisinart. 
it's not in, you know, the famous pop quote. It isn't about a play for me to score. It's a play for us to score. And once you, and I think Jason really understands that now, and Jalen too, but Jalen was big in that fourth quarter, coach. Like those two, it, and again, that's that, all right, the ball motion's not working. Can you beat your guy one-on-one to make a tough shot? Yep. Okay. I did three of those in a row and that kind of, ooh, got, got us a little, as you said, got us a little juice, the the uh, the lob to, to Robert Williams, and then they kind of went off to the races. You said the momentum was turning, but it, it's so important when everybody feels active and activated um, on, on offense, especially. Yeah, you know, getting back to Draymond's quote, um, I'd I'd seen that earlier, and I think I mean he's just he's just convincing himself that there should be hope. I get mm-hmm. that, but um, there's no guarantee Boston won't shoot great again. They've done it before, and those guys are good players mm-hmm. and they're elite defenders. So they all, you know, I would say playing great defense gives you some confidence when shots aren't falling that you're making an impact in the game. And that gives you belief, which is when maybe your shot will come around. As opposed to thinking, oh, my God, this guy is falling because you're missing and doing nothing else. Uh, we can call it the Dun- Duncan Robinson syndrome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, Golden State's capable of having 22 turnovers in a game in this postseason. They're capable of no one shooting the ball well except for maybe Steph and maybe not Steph. Uh, Golden State uh, now has to win four of six. And only three of those games will be at home. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, they, they, uh, Draymond better be careful because yeah. I could argue, well, their best player by far went three of 17, Draymond. Mm-hmm. He probably may not do that again, <laughs> right? Like... Exactly. Yeah, he, <laughs> I think he's going to be better. Um, and you got shot great and got drubbed mm-hmm. 40 to 16 and a quarter. So yeah, find the positives you want, Draymond. Right. You, you've got to play much better. Yeah. This is. We rewrote this. Uh, I don't know that Golden State's the best. Well, maybe Golden State's the best team that Boston's played because they're the healthiest, but mm-hmm. Gary Payne's not there. Right. That's a big loss. Um, this is the best team Golden State's played for sure. Yeah. And because they play defense the way they do typically, uh, you're, it's just going to, you can hardly get up 25 against them. And now, and now you know, Golden State, that, that 12 or 15 even isn't, isn't that much for them because they can really blow you out. And I think, you know, that's a great point you made there, Coach, about defense. And again, I, I'm giving so much props to Ime, rightfully so. And you, you love this because this, this is a coach's league. As much He's as my it, pick for coach of the year. As, as much as it is a player. He was, yeah. As much as a player's league. He said this repeatedly. We know our defense travels. And there's something about a team that when they know they can get a stop and string multiple stops together. That's got to give you confidence, right? It's nothing, you're never going to you gotta shut Golden State out. This is not baseball, right? right. Like, but, exactly. but we know we can do two, three, four stops in a row because we have that, that defensive capability. And when you know that and when you lean on that end first instead of trying to shoot your way back into things, I think that helps. Because to me, what I saw too, because Golden State's got a good defense, I saw Boston attacking early off their defense, right? getting the ball ahead quick, getting Golden State on un- unsettled situations. And that that's, that's all positive, right? Because, you know, it's like this is like soccer or lacrosse. When you have a ball possession type of game, you want the defense in an unsettled situation. That is your goal every single time. And when you have that, you always have a chance. Listen, I, I, I made, you know, I've been driving back and forth some this week to Orlando. And uh, I've been listening to NBA.com, uh, NBA Radio. And I don't recommend it to anybody <laughs> other, other than you, they do get good air quotes, whatever. I mean, good quotes uh, and good audio from interviews. Like today, I'm looking forward to hearing. I, I, I did a video last night, as you know. Yep. So I didn't, I normally stay up to watch all the post game press conferences, but I figured I'll listen to them today on my drive up. And uh, I just, I'm not going to call on who they were, but there's just some people I don't, they, they just say all the most basic things. The one, one former coach said, um, well, this is what makes the Warriors so terrifying is, you know, they, if you miss, they're running. And I just laugh thinking, well, has he not watched the Celtics play? <laughs> right. Like when they get steals or long rebounds, I mean, Peyton Pritchard's a very good offensive player, and he's the only slow guy they got. Mm-hmm. Like they're, and, and Horford pushes. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he pushes. Yeah, right. Always has since college. Uh, I think that these teams are very similar in that respect. Mm-hmm. They play great defense. They run opportunist, opportunistically. And even though their offenses are different, they're effective. Golden State's better, but and, and you know I'm 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 a defense first guy. I typically am, and 
I love, I love how Ime, I, I don't believe that you can speak things into existence necessarily. Uh, I know for sure you can't. I've never won the lottery. But, um, <laughs> uh, but I, I did marry a hot girl, so that worked out good for me. But um, I think that Ime is fucking brilliant. I think he is set. It's all about, I talk to coaches about this, Gerard, all the time. Uh, the coaches that are allowed by management to coach mm-hmm. their stars, mm-hmm. we just don't see much of that. Yeah. And so I think by, by Ime taking the opportunity, the, having the privilege of really coaching his stars, he has instilled them the belief that our defense travels. You would not get that if they just kind of picked and chose whatever they wanted to hear and, and ignored the other. You wouldn't get that. Not the same belief. I'm telling you, you wouldn't. This is a, the Celtics game one win was a franchise success, starting from owner to Brad Stevens to Ime, and then all down to the players. They, they established something. They built it all year. It started working about halfway. You know, people can build a house, but it might take a few months before you realize it's going to be a house. Mm-hmm. And then you see it. Well, by January, they realize, oh, I, we know what this is going to look like. And they played, they played it. And they just have so many big, impressive wins, yeah. home and away, but especially mm-hmm. away. That's a credit to everyone. And uh, I also think, Ime, and I know you'll agree with this, he is not celebrating squat. Oh, no. He, his guys are going to know full well, we, we could lose by 30 if we're not careful. Sure. This is a dangerous team. And if we keep doing what we did in the first quarter, we're, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll react great, and I think the Warriors will too. Yeah. I think they'll react great. No too. doubt. You know, it's funny. Um, Ime, of course, played under Greg Popovich and coached there for seven seasons, seven or eight seasons. Um, one of the things that I'm sure he took from his time at Pop, and he actually he talked about it in a manager in an article with uh, Jackie McMullen wrote um, about Ime's journey and his sort of uh, how he got to this point. Yeah, working under Pop, you saw Pop. I'm sure in practice, and we've heard stories. Mother F Tim Duncan, Mother F Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, all these right. dudes, right? Well, if the three best players on the team are getting Mother F'd, who are you, 15th guy, to not like, I mean, if they're taking it, you're definitely going to take it. And Ime talked about how, and it's, you know, we're giving the coaches credit, let's turn it on the players now. Jason and Jalen had to be willing to be coached hard, right? Because we know there are plenty of stars in the league who will be like, nah, get this dude out of here. We're not doing that. I'm doing it my own way, whatever. And they're taking it. So if they're taking it, well, of course, everybody else has got to, right? Because you're going to follow, if the best guys allow it, then everyone has to allow it because they are, that's how that's the pecking order in an NBA locker room. We know Marcus Smart loves it. He actually said in that article, Coach, uh, Ime will pull me to the side and say, what are you doing? Get your fucking team organized. You're playing terribly. He's like, and that's, yeah, you're right. I'm, it's on me. I got it, right? Like, and if everybody is willing to take that and know, and it's about accountability, right? If you're willing to be held accountable in that way publicly in front of your teammates, well, then everybody's like, shit, we all got to buy in now. This is, this is how this works. Yeah, I, I uh, as a father of a point guard, I've given it to before. What, the, what are you doing? What are you fucking doing? Yeah, I've done that a lot. Um, yeah, I, I hope, you know, we talk about being a copycat league. Uh, I don't think owners and executives uh, are smart enough universally in the NBA to recognize what's going on with these two teams, because it's both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, these coaches, I mean, they carry some real gravitas with them. And I don't think you have to be a champion. I, I, I believe that. You have to know what you're doing. It probably helps to be a champion. But plenty of good coaches haven't been a champion, and they've, they've done a great job. These guys mostly want to perform well, and they want help doing it. And if you can help them, they trust you and like you and respect you. And then the coach has to know, management has my back. If, this, if, this, if I have a player that is resisting, he's gone or he's sitting. We're going to play with the guys that do it the way we want to do it. And, and this is the result of it. So now you shouldn't have any of those problems anymore. Those guys are long gone. Whoever it was, they're gone. Uh, and I believe that's why Daniel Tice was brought back. Mm-hmm. And he had one nice play yesterday. Um, you, you got to get everyone swimming the same way. And I think EMA is really good at that. Uh, but the biggest thing is getting your best players to, to have some humility about the way they approach it. And as I was proud of, I don't know Jason Tatum, but I was proud of him for uh, not going five for 28, you know, which a lot of, uh, not a lot, but some guys like him would do. He, he realized, I, you know, this is Jalen's night and Derek's doing great. 
and Horford's doing great, and I just, he's getting all the attention to him. Right now, the Warriors are thinking about probably one of two things. Let's keep doing what we're doing, because those guys won't shoot great again, and I think they're in trouble if they do that. Or let's maybe help a little bit less, stay home a little bit more, be more aware of guys, because there was, like, Auto Porter was bad. So they've got to fix some things there, and then hope their, their on-ball defense with, with Tatum won't allow him to go for 40. Mm-hmm. If, if he can go for 40... If you don't bring as much attention, you're they're going to lose the series. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's funny that you said that you're proud of Jason Tatum. I thought about you during one point in the game. And I know this had to irk you if if you if you in fact heard it. Celtics were making their comeback, and Mark Jack or about to. Or the actually, I don't even remember what point it was. But Mark Jackson said, "If I were the Celtics right now, I'd be getting Jason Tatum more involved in the game." I was like, "Oh, Coach Thorpe is probably like like I'm going to punch the hole in this ball if you keep saying dumb things like that." <laughs> I, I've almost become inured to his comments. I think that's the right word. Um, when he talks about not settling for three, yeah, he didn't even use the right context because if you're shooting a three and you're wide open and you're a good shooter, that isn't settling. If you're taking a three and you're guarded, that's just stupid. You're not settling for anything. You're taking a bad shot. That's right. just stupid. These teams aren't doing much of that anymore. Ne- neither team is. Um, yeah, this is, this is where, I mean, as a coach... And you, Mark Jackson's coach, you think he'd know better. How do you think that would make the other guys imagine? Imagine he may saying, "Hey, let's get the ball to Jason more because you can't keep missing." Like, no, fuck no, coach. We don't need him for this game, and they didn't as a as a score. Um, but he's got some big games in him. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's going to be some big Jason Tatum games in him. And so, just I don't want to get off topic, but because we're talking about Tatum, so I, I I wrote on Twitter a couple weeks ago is I basically said he's the best American player we have. And I really was talking about like going forward. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry yeah. is better now, right? Right. right. Probably mm-hmm. not definitely. Because right. defense counts too, and Tatum sure. can really guard. He I can. love that he loves to guard. But you know, there's a lot of pushback, as you can imagine, all the people hating me mm-hmm. on that. Guy just came off Eastern Conference Finals MVP, uh, and and I'm sorry, there should be a rule. If you want to give it to the best player, well, then just call it most outstanding player, and right. then Jimmy yeah. Butler can get it. Maybe. Yeah. He didn't play great in every game. But if we're doing MVP, can we just give it to the best player on the winning team? Like, I don't see why this is. Why are we debating this? <laughs> Let's delineate this. Call most outstanding player. People do that all over the yeah. world. Mm-hmm. If we're going to call most valuable, then let's call. What, what are we valuing? We're valuing winning, most right. of all. So Tatum was MVP, as he should have been in the Eastern Conference Finals. And was first team all NBA. Only two Americans, Devin Booker. I love Devin Booker. He ain't Jason Tatum. <laughs> and, uh, and now we just had a bad game, of, and he got 13 assists, and they won game one on the road. So I think he is – I think if you look at a five-year winner going forward, which is probably a better way for me to have phrased it, I think he's going to be the best American. Yeah, I, I love your point on that. You know, it's so funny, Coach. We talk – it's like – it's this society about, like, there's some character flaw if you don't win an NBA Finals. or And I'm just like, do you people understand how difficult it is to win it? I, and I just – we, we, we undersell that. I don't when – you, when you have this muddy discourse about – Oh, well, finally, Tatum minute. This is year five. What do you mean, finally? Exactly. What? <laughs> finally, what? It took Michael Jordan seven seasons to get to an NBA Finals. What do you I mean? I mean, Giannis was, Giannis was 26 or 27 before yes, he won it. Finally, what? Like, what? What is this finally we're talking right. about? Three conference finals. Like, to get to the conference Amazing. final round is extremely difficult. The yeah. legend, I, I looked this up uh, yesterday, Coach. The legendary Chris Paul, we know. Two conference finals, one NBA Finals. I would never call him a loser. Patrick Ewing, four conference finals, one NBA finals. Charles Barkley, three or four conference finals, one NBA finals. Steve Nash, four conference finals, zero NBA finals. Well, none of those guys I mentioned are losers, right? Or have some character flaw or gene that's, oh, they can't win the big one. It's just fucking hard, man. (laughs) Like, it's really, really hard. I I remember being in the 80s... um... I, I remember thinking Dan Marino had never won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but I bet if you asked defensive coordinators and then defensive backs, Dan Marino, they say it all the time. I think they would. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I hated the Dolphins. I'm a Buccaneer fan, but all my roommates from Miami, so we had to watch the Dolphins. And um, they had Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, mm-hmm. and, the, and Dan Marino was just throwing peas everywhere with no time. Boom, gone. Mm-hmm. He was unguardable. And so, yeah, it, it, that's it, it, his management's fault mm-hmm. and maybe his old fucking coach's fault. They couldn't win a championship, but it wasn't because of him. Barkley, Barkley was the best player on Team USA in the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. Like, 
he was amongst the best of all time. And yeah, it's just a five on five game with a with a you know ten, nine, eight guys playing in the finals mm-hmm. most games for each team. It's just silly. Just like it's silly for you know the Curry not winning a finals MVP. Right. Well, I can't help but if media people are idiots. <laughs> right. Like there's no flipping way he shouldn't have won the one they gave it to Iggy Dollar. Right. Such a joke. Um, it's just so crazy to me. But whatever. It's not his fault. He look at his numbers, they're amazing. Right. They won in six games. He was MVP of the season. Right. He didn't score 40 a game because the Cavaliers put two and three guys on him all the time. And and that's why he was wide open all the time. He even Iggy admits, I think, it's a joke <laughs> that he won. Because it, sure. it's a joke. I could not believe what these guys were doing. It's but, just, you know. And that will never happen again, I think, that mistake. But um, the narrative now is going to be on, you know, what what is the championship makeup of the Warriors, which is so, which is ironic, considering going in, I think it was 130 games experience, mm-hmm. zero for zero. Boston, mm-hmm. of course. I remember thinking when it, when they first were talking about it. Again, I picked Boston to win the series. Um, who cares? Like, what does it matter? Yeah. Uh, Steph is close to his prime still. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay is not close. Mm-hmm. Draymond is not close. Looney, I love. No one likes Kevon Looney except for his, maybe his parents and his agents more than me. <laughs> but um, uh, it you know he's not that kind of player. Right. He doesn't the ball in his hands very much. So what does it matter? Right. Uh, I don't. At the end of the day, and I thought we and, and all those other Warriors players had not played in one. Correct. And we saw they they were not confident. Mm-hmm. They were not good late in the game. Maybe they'll be better. They're they've done it now. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this game too. There's enormous pressure on Golden State. Enormous For sure. pressure. For and sure. That is not something they're used to. No. Um. And and I, I love that that you said. You know, Ime talked about this. He's like, at the end of the day, it's basketball, and that's what we try to keep yeah. it simple for them. Did, it's the same because you mentioned same court you played on since you were ten years old. Rim still yeah. ten feet above the ground, like all those things. Yeah, you got some more media obligations. Yeah, you're gonna do all that. Great, but <laughs> at the end of the day, between these lines is you know what we got to do there. And I thought Boston settled into that um, about as well as you could in their first game without uh, any finals experience. Moving to the Golden State side, you know you mentioned Draymond. It was clear that. Boston defensively was trying to be like, no, we're not going to let you do all the facilitating you like doing. Let's try to force you to score him because Draymond doesn't really want to do that. That's not really his thing. Um, they're lefting open on threes. I mean, Draymond hasn't shot well from three since 2015, right? Like, I mean, that's just not a, yeah, yeah. he'll make one or two here or there and start woofing at the, at the opposing opponent's bench. But it's like, you know, like he said about them, he will live with you making making threes. If, if that beats us, then, that's, but we're we're not letting Curry and Thompson get off. What do you think Draymond's got to do better uh, for Golden State? Well, it's not just Draymond, but um, it's it's going to be hard. He's got to be trying to be weaponized more attacking, but that's where Boston's size makes a difference. I thought my guess is going into the game, the Celtics said, uh, let's mix up our coverages. And if Steph gets hot, we'll make some adjustments. Uh, that That means find him early, which they fail at sometimes. And on ball screens, uh, we're going to drop sometimes. We're going to show hard sometimes. I don't know when they decided to do what. I'm sure it's based on personnel and 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 where you are on the t- shot clock and where you are on the court. Give them different looks that way. But we're we're what we're not going to do is freak out. And they didn't freak out. They were just the opposite. They ignored them at their own peril. And that's why he had six threes in the first. I, I almost tweeted. I tried not to tweet last night, but I almost tweeted that. Um, is this like Ali versus Foreman? We're just tired in the first quarter by so much. You know, and it worked. It actually was like way. I don't think that was their design. But yeah, I think they've decided we we're gonna we're not going to let Curry get 25-30 and a bunch of other guys get off too. We'll be in some trouble. So we're gonna we're gonna be more conservative in our approach, and Steph may get off a little bit, but we can always adjust to that. Um, which means they're playing their core principles, and, and which makes which I would do if I was them too. And again, if they're doing it right, everyone but Pritchard has some quickness. Derek White's quick. There was a play where mm-hmm. Curry beat him, but Derek White got his hand on the ball chasing him and knocked it away. They ended up scoring out of it, but it was uh, just a lucky three. But they made a great play. Derek did, made a great play. I think uh, all the other guys got to be more weaponized and not just think Steph, 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 Steph. That's what I felt in the fourth corner last night is it was going to be Steph or bust, and he just couldn't do it. Now he missed some threes late which is fine. He played amazing. But um, other guys have got to take it upon themselves to run the offense and look to score. But this is where all the good Celtics defenders come in. Mm-hmm. They're all 
better defenders than almost anyone these guys have seen in the entire postseason. Mm -hmm. No one on Denver no plays one. defense like almost everyone on Boston. Uh, Memphis collectively does pretty well. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't argue individually, right. uh, other than Jaron at the rim. Mm -hmm. um, and remember, Memphis went small for part of that series. Mm -hmm. And um, and then Dallas, you know, no, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Dorian, I like Dorian Finney-Smith. He's not, he's not like these guys. Right. They don't play defense like this. And, uh, and so it's harder for all these guys. But they'll watch film, and they'll, I think they'll recognize, let's be, let's be better at attacking. Let's be more weaponized and not just think we got to get the ball to Steph because they really did that. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then they have a chance to play better, I think, over four quarters. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you mentioned Clay as well. And he has these kind of games where the game six Clay, right? Where game five Clay, where it's like, oh, he's got 30. But like, Clay's back. And it's like, no, I think we're seeing these peaks. and That's not right. It, in the 2019 finals, like that was Pete Clay, right? Like it was like, oh, that guy. I mean, that's before the injuries. He has a game like that every now and then, but then it's more like last night. It's like, okay, shots aren't really there falling. Was, right. There was a play last night, Gerard. So um, uh, Jalen Brown's using a ball screen on the left wing. Clay's on him. Brown's right hand dribble down the middle. This is fourth quarter. And I know in Jalen's mind, he's expecting Clay to surge ahead of him, and Jalen's probably going to stop and pop. But Clay never does. And so Jalen kind of recognized right about the 16, 17-foot mark I'm going to go ahead and surge dribble just a little bit quicker than I was going before and take an angle to kind of cut him off because he hasn't cut me off. And he got a layup. Like, like help. Draymond came late because he was, he was guarding. I think it might have been on Pritchard at that point. Pritchard in the right corner. He doesn't want to come too early because Jalen will kick it out. And uh, it, it just – there was a few plays where Clay defensively was just – he doesn't have what he used to have. And – I, this goes back to those duo, those duo wings, those two wings, big dudes. The game, the games that Boston has, both those guys, you know, combined for fifty-five mm -hmm. with good shooting numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, those very likely winnable games for Boston, unless Golden State just shoots it lights out. But it's hard to do that against. It's hard to shoot better against Boston than you just did. Mm -hmm. You just shot well from the field, mm -hmm. from three, and um, it, it, it's hard to survive when both those wings score efficiently, which yeah. I think they can do. You know, it's interesting. I feel like the common belief by most people is that Golden State is the more explosive three-point shooting team, right? Just because, again, of whom they have on the roster. But I was looking at the, at the playoff numbers, Coach, and these teams are basically even. They take about the same number of threes, and they shoot about the same percentage from three. I'm like, you know, and I think in the series prior for, for Golden State – they were able to get a lot of points in the paint because teams went small on them, right? You mentioned the early part of the Memphis series. They switched back to going double bigs to stop yeah. uh, Golden State from scoring in the paint so much. Golden State ain't scoring the, at the rim like, at that easily in this series, and Boston is shooting it well from three. Yeah, no, I think that um, – I think Ime has talked about that too, just about using their size and uh, on both ends and just kind of wearing people down and – making it hard on them to score the way they want to score. It's really what every defense is supposed to do. Um, uh, I, I don't know if it's Poole. My guess has got to be Wiggins. But there needs to be someone else that, that proves they can make plays out of nothing. When they defend the Cuisinart well and they kind of jam things up, who can kind of make the, the more mm -hmm. heroic play? Mm -hmm. Boston did it last night and won the game immensely because of it. Uh, that's why I feel like Wiggins. Maybe, maybe it's Clay, but – there's not a lot of guys for Clay to get fat on. I always, I always use that kind of phrase. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, you can get fat on Pritchard if you're Clay, but he's not going to be on you enough right. for that. So I just don't know. There's other other Boston guys to get fat on. Yeah, they're just all they just all good defenders and have size and length, which is something Clay normally feasts on. And you you wrote about that. Um, we talked about Boston's size, and it's something that Durant said after they they yeah. got swept. It was like, well, you see what we have. We got. Kyrie, we got Seth, we got Goran Dragic, and those guys try and battle, but Boston's just bigger. Like, I mean, yeah. there's only so much we can do. Yeah, and, you know, this was a game where Looney had six offensive rebounds, and mm -hmm. I didn't do the math, but at one point last night, I did, and they, they had maybe scored eight or nine points on three of them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, those are big numbers. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that uh, Boston's going to do better. And understanding what Looney does to get offensive rebounds, make it tougher on him because he's so good at it, and just try to limit their possessions a little bit. Boston's also capable of having 23 turnovers a game. Also, both teams are. Yep. And so that's something to watch for. Can Golden State scramble them more? But 
uh, the way they responded last night makes me think, going back to your story too with Ime and, and Marcus, when they're starting to throw the ball around, recenter, refocus, that's just, that's, we cannot do this anymore. A lot of teams, we told that it can't fix it. I think Boston has a better chance to fix it. So, yeah. Um, I, let me ask you this, Gerard. What would surprise you more? Golden State wins in a blowout game two or Boston wins in a blowout game two? When I say blowout, I mean double figure game right. last few minutes. I mean, as crazy as this sounds, Golden oh, State winning Boston. in a blowout sounds, sounds yeah. more, that sounds crazier to me. I agree. Yeah. I agree I, the same way. I, I agree just, the same way. look, it's one game and nobody's trying to overreact. Like, but I just, you know, when you watch things, coach, and you're like, hmm, I don't know. It's like, it's like, a, I say this all the time. Like I use it about, about the Brooklyn series. Well, those guys are fine, but you ain't growing six inches th- tomorrow. Like you are what you are. Golden State Warriors aren't all of a sudden going to find a bunch of seven, six foot 10 wings. The, the roster yeah. is what it is. And this is what, yeah, are you going to play better? Sure, sure, sure. All that. But that size thing, that's not going away. Like you're, That's still going to be a problem that you have to try to scheme your way around. And it's hard to scheme your way around size, right? Like it's just, especially Think that about, kind of size. All right. So let's go backwards. We've been doing this show every Friday for a long time now. Um, all playoffs for sure. Uh, game one, Tatum makes the miraculous shot. They mm-hmm. beat Brooklyn. Game one against Milwaukee in Boston, they lose. Mm-hmm. Game one against Miami and Miami, they lose. Mm-hmm. I think it was because of the seven-game series they just mm-hmm. played in, in Milwaukee. And, uh, and now here they are. They just played their best game one. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. They had a bad third quarter, but an incredible fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have proven in both Milwaukee and Miami series, they were down a game twice. Mm-hmm. Down 1-0, down 2-1, mm-hmm. and then win three games. Mm-hmm. Well... They've, now they're up 1-0, and they're going to have to drop two straight to be down a game. And even then, I think they could be fine. They, they have been if – we, if we stop – if we I like to ignore the first few months of most seasons because – what does it matter? It's so long ago. <laughs> yes. Like, we were having COVID games. <laughs> yes. Like, that's how long ago it is. Not that COVID's not back because it is. I have a ton of friends who have it. Luckily, they're all doing all right. But um, we had COVID games, and the Derek White trade was big, and the Daniel Tice uh, acquisition – uh, they've been the best team for months mm-hmm. and they still are. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, again, and historically we know for Golden State and it's that's not unique to them, but about every team, teams with length and size on the wings, give them trouble. Right. That's just, that's just the reality of the situation. This is what, what Boston presents. You know, I, I kind of want to finish here because it's a coaching point. I talked about it a little bit earlier. I just, you know, the the first year or first time in the playoff stage doesn't seem to be bothering Ime Yudoka, right? Like, he just always has this same kind of like, guys, let's, let's get back to what we're doing. Like, it doesn't, he doesn't seem nervous. And I'm sure that's time under pop. That's time in Philly. Like, he's, 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 he's seen things. I loved his timeouts in the fourth quarter because every time they came out of it, coach, they got exactly what they wanted offensively and their defense was set right. It's just like, man, this is, this is good stuff. Like you're, you're knowing what to do. The pre-switching I talked about that they did in the fourth quarter, right. To like really muck up that off ball action. Yeah. It was, it was good. I just loved what I saw from them in uh, particularly in that fourth quarter. Yeah. And then they got out of double team and Curry mm-hmm. some, uh, because he was blowing it up with green on the uh, short roll. Um, again, he, I picked him for coach of the year for a reason. Doesn't mean he's the best coach in the league. No. He did the best coaching job this year. I thought, uh, if he was a stock, I'd be investing because <laughs> he, he, I think he checks every box. Yeah. And I think management probably is great too. And so they work well together, but just like I said, Nick nurse is the long-term guy for Toronto. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. I haven't been proven wrong there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston's got their guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and you'll, <laughs> I would tell this story. I'll be quick. Um, I, I remember once going to a Celtics game and before the game started, they played a video, Gerard, you know, they always play mm-hmm. these promotional yeah. videos, get you fired up. This is just a, this is a few minutes before the game, but not like one minute before. And all they showed were fights, <laughs> like Celtics players fighting. And I even asked someone, like, I thought this was banned. They're like, well, we do it every game. <laughs> and um, Ime looks to me like he's the kind of superhero or, or action movie character that isn't looking to start something, but he's happy to finish it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, he, he isn't. I, I, I'd walk away. 
<laughs> it doesn't make me a better man. Trust me. It just mean, means I'm smart enough to protect my, my aging body and face. Definitely now I'd run away. Well, I wouldn't. I'd live away. An old man that I am. I tried to play defense the other day in a drill I was doing, and I felt my knee like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I just can't do it anymore. But um, uh, Ivan M.A., is, he's got that presence. Yeah. And to your point, I, I can't remember the last time I watched the game thinking, what is M.A. doing? Like, yeah. I don't remember doing that yeah. even ever really, but I didn't watch them that much in the regular season live. I watch them on tape a lot, have the volume off. Um, I just think he's on it. He's mm-hmm. on top of these things. Now we'll see. Yeah. He's at a one Oh lead. Let's mm-hmm. see if they fa- fail and he'll be criticized mm-hmm. and fairly so maybe. Mm-hmm. But right now he's walking the walk of a real, like legit high yeah. level coach yeah. who doesn't just do like Nick nurse, great X and O guy. Mm-hmm. I would never argue. He's a great people person. Mm-hmm. No one I know, who knows him would say that, that they've never said it to me anyway, but he's great. And mm-hmm. players trust him because he's great. He does it differently, mm-hmm. but I think very, very successfully. And we're seeing it. Yeah. I mean, you, you say it, right? Like leadership is bringing the spirit into the hearts and minds of others. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's, you, you, you see that, and you know, not to, that's what Steve Kerr does in golden state. So again, sure. we will see what happens in game two. Uh, it, it's exciting. I, I, I think that the, the extra day of rest Oddly, it, not oddly, but it's going to benefit Boston because coming up, it's like, okay, man, we yeah. get, because Robert Williams is a little balky after game seven. It's like, ooh, yeah. this extra day of rest, last night. yeah, actually he helps him, right? And I think if you're Golden State, you probably want to play the next night because you want to get that bad taste out of your mouth quick, right? So it will be interesting to see. And I do think your point is right. You made about Golden State. Yeah, it's probably safe to assume that the math is correct and the, and Boston won't shoot like that again. But that shouldn't, that's not a strategy, right? Like don't, don't rest your laurels on, well, those guys, I mean, you know, they may not, but that's not really what I would do, right? <laughs> Keep playing the way you're supposed to play and don't give them those opportunities because these are NBA players who are hungry and want to win. Yeah. Let that last point on Ime though, um, on this, on the day of rest, helping mm-hmm. Boston, I agree with you. It has been a whirlwind for them. And, and quite frankly, uh, I mean, they shot amazing. And so you don't take it away from, but Golden State should have been able to guard them better. Mm-hmm. And, um, and didn't, um, I think, uh, it's it, it, complacency is their biggest battle. They're going to get extra day of rest. They're going to feel better. They're mm-hmm. just going to feel healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I, I think it's really, really important that Ime just tells them and really preaches to them like this, this, we are, we have to play this like it's game seven Yeah, hair on fire, mm-hmm. because if we come out at all, because we feel better than we have. We mm-hmm. will have played two games. They have been playing, they have playing two games every four days mm-hmm. for like 11 years. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. now it's not going to be that way. Right. And so you got to, you got to get them to just nothing else, but today matters mm-hmm. every possession. And that's where guys like Marcus smart, I think mm-hmm. can really be valuable is reminding them there is no tomorrow for us. We have to win this game. And then yeah. we'll go from there. And, and I think you're right, coach. And we'll, we'll finish a point on, on this, you know, teams like that you think i think you're right players probably don't think this way but fans and outside people think this way oh look at boston their core is young blah 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 we'll be back here no it's like hey man you you can't think about this idea that this is some kind of window open and we're gonna this may be your only trip to the nba finals in your entire career because that's just how this league works so take advantage right if the moment's here seize it because maybe gone Al Horford was winning back-to-back NCAA championships when these dudes were, uh, well, I won't say what I normally would say. <laughs> they were still using lunchboxes to go to school. That yes. Uh, or, or even younger than that. So, yeah, and this is first finals. A hell of a deb- debut, by the way, by, by Horphy. But, um, yeah, this is, it's now or never. You always have to take that approach. And I don't know that it really lands on, em- on embraceable ears unless you have the kind of gravitas and respect that Eddie May does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think Kerr is going to preach calmness and mm-hmm, poise, mm-hmm. but there's got to be an alarm going off his head like, oh, we are matched up with something significant. Mm-hmm. Every, LeBron was better than anyone they have. Of course. But collectively, this is the best team we faced healthy mm-hmm. because the Raptors were better mm-hmm. when you factor in all the injuries Golden State had. 
But this is no joke, and we are up against it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, game two will be on Sunday. We're going to be excited for that. And, of course, we'll be back on Monday breaking that all down for you. It's going to be could be 1-1, 2-0, who knows. And then if it's Golden State's down 0-2, oh, man, the, the stories are going to be coming out for the next couple of days. It's going to be nuts, but that's, that's the joy of the NBA finals. Uh, everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Take care.